Welcome to the Community Conversation and Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. I'm Gail Nelson, your host and president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Miami. I am pleased to have with me today for this holiday edition where we celebrate philanthropy and the gift of mentoring. So let's bring in our guest, the CEO, President CEO of the Miami Foundation, Rebecca Fishman Vincent. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Go ahead and unmute there. How are you doing this fine, beautiful Miami day? I'm doing well. How are you doing? You're doing I'm well? Do I'm doing well, doing well. Rebecca, welcome to the Game of Life. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. No, it's it's my pleasure. And I tell you what, you uh, joined the Miami Foundation. You began your tenure as president and CEO uh, in June. But before we get into all of that and all the wonderful things you've already done, let me just stress that you've already done uh, at the helm of the Miami Foundation. Tell us a little bit about your your personal leadership journey. Oof. Uh, well, how far back should I go? So, I mean, I guess uh, I'll start a bit with just me, the person. So I, I'm the grandchild of Holocaust survivors. And so my, my upbringing was really a, an immersion in like trauma and loss and rebuilding and uh, just kind of set me up for a life of just reflecting on justice and social justice and what kind of society I want to be living in and, and helping to build. Uh, and so my, my first job out of college, I taught in, uh, in Harlem. And I think that that job just set me off. Um, I taught a group of brilliant little kids, uh, fourth grade. And so they had been through kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. Now they're in fourth grade. This is their fifth year of formal education. And most of my students were reading on a first grade level. I thought to myself, these are brilliant, motivated, capable kids. We have, we have failed them. We have failed them. Like how, how did this happen in my school? Uh, and then as I zoomed out, I saw this happening all across the entire country that based on your zip code, your outcomes in school, like what we were offering in our public school system across this country was just so deeply inequitable. And it filled me with so much rage and just consumed thus far for me the rest of my career. Like that is what set me off. I think based on my, like what I saw at home and what filled me with rage as a kid and then seeing that play out in, in a system at large, uh, I was like, I can't let this go. I think this is where I'm headed. Uh, and so I stayed within the education space for a while. And then as I began to learn, like who is making the laws that then are translating into such an inequitable system, I saw uh, down here in Florida where I was working in education at the time that uh, there never had been a teacher on the Florida Board of Education. And I thought to myself, like, is this how power moves? Like, how is it that, um, how is it that there are no teachers' voices on this board? And so I ended up becoming the first teacher to serve on that board. Um, and that's really been kind of the flow of my career is like feeling an injustice and then figuring out how I can use, use my time towards that, um, which inevitably led me where I am today, which is at a foundation, figuring out how to leverage wealth in a community towards justice and equity. Incredible. <clears throat> and that, that really gives me some context. When we, we were both on a panel uh, together, I think it's been, wow, it's been quite a few months now uh, as it relates to social justice. And have you ever had the feeling, and I know you have, where you meet somebody that's like, I need to get to know her further. 
I need to get to know him further because that's my sister from another mother. Uh, and th- I'm serious. I mean, that's how I felt. Uh, I mean, your energy. And I know you made a reference to teaching in Harlem. I said, I just need to know more. Uh, and so uh, you were you were a little busy uh, back then taking the helm in the new position. And I said, one day you will join me on this Game of Life mentoring podcast. And I'm so, so pleased that uh, we finally get a chance. Of course, we've talked between the panel and now, but yeah. it's really pleased to just learn more about you. And it really speaks to, think about that for a minute, uh, with the, in the 2020, when I say 2020, Rebecca, oh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? God, I mean, the struggle. This has been a year of struggle uh, and loss and pain. Um, I don't think I have a better word than struggle, but I, I feel like this also, like this was a year of wake up calls. Mm. Uh, for us here in Miami, but really for our whole country. Um, yeah, I mean, how about you? When you think of 2020, what's what's your? Uh, we are closing out this year. Thank God. Isn't that something? Uh, but what what's your word this year? You know, and, and the easy thing, the easy answer is people like the year of COVID. But you know what? No, I don't go there. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind, and as I as I as we chat today, I think a pivot, uh, and I I do think of awakening and just uh, w- waking up. Uh, And so when we think about what you just said about those incredibly intelligent children in Harlem, a microcosm of so many children throughout the United States and throughout this world, and underlying condition. See, there's words that people always understand now, underlying health condition uh, and contact tracing and all that in the medical context. But in the social context, think about that. There are underlying conditions and we can trace it back to either the laws or to power or the lack thereof, and we should not be surprised by the results. Uh, and so I'm just so uh, moved by what you shared. Uh, and so that's that's what comes to my mind. Uh, and 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 family. Uh, I, I know you asked me for one, but I you know I'm the host, so I can throw two more in there too. Uh, and and family. And let's just stay on family for a minute. You are personal assistant. Uh, <laughs> Capital P, capital A, <laughs> to two boys. Is that correct? I am. I, yeah, I think that's the the last line of my bio is that I'm a, you know, you can say all the fancy things about yourself, but at the end of the day, I'm a personal assistant to two little boys. Uh, How old are your boys? They are 10 and 7. Incredible. Not now, so I saw, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rebecca. I was saying, you know, it, it happens so quickly. They, they don't feel little anymore, but I know, I know they are. But I tell you what, you posted a video that I saw. And, and were, I mean, my goodness, uh, I don't know if it was Lady Gaga or Rebecca. I mean, I was, I mean, you were banging on those keys uh, and to see the twinkle in your, when one of your boy's eyes, was that the seven-year-old that was sitting next to you? That was the seven-year-old, yeah. Oh my goodness. And so are you formally trained in music? I mean, I took piano lessons as a kid for for a bunch of years, and I took some college classes. So my my before I taught, the job that I had landed that was supposed to be my first job out of college was to be a wedding singer. I was very excited. I wanted to be a performer, you know, as a as a little kid, and I guess I still am now, just not not of the not of the voice. Um, and so yeah, I guess that that was my my informal training. I'm a shower singer. I'm a karaoke gal, and I, I used to do some songwriting and performing. And it, it it is for me like that's my stress relief when I when I'm feeling pain. I, I write, I perform, I, I sing, and so my kids, you know, on a Sunday morning when they're trying to like eat their breakfast and play their games, I'm I'm banging on the piano and and you know I think at first they 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 want me to play something they know, um, but they've come to really enjoy seeing me 
me in my zone. I love it. I love it. And, and family. Uh, it, all the challenges we faced this year, uh, just really family spending quality time together, uh, keeping safe, uh, and uh, I hope and trust that uh, you and your family continue to do so. Let's okay. switch gears a little bit, Rebecca, and go a little deeper. <clears throat> you took the helm at the Miami Foundation, began your tenure as president and CEO in June, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But on May 25th, the entire world uh, saw the horrific incident in Minneapolis with George Floyd. Uh, and uh, from your vantage point, and certainly you've given us some context personally and professionally as it relates to social justice and, and trauma, uh, this, what are your thoughts as it relates to what needs to be done in the mm. social justice space to really make a positive difference? That's a big question. Um, I mean, so what's been really interesting this year is that you can't look away. I think the incidents like what happened with George Floyd, this is not new. This is not new. Um, but now that we have cell phones, every, everywhere you go, I mean, we're capturing the trauma um, in, with a live studio audience and, and you can't look away and you can't unsee it. And so I think, I mean, when I said before, like this year was a wake up, like that is what happened this year is that like there has been trauma, generational trauma, uh, not even under the surface in our country, uh, but people who would like to pretend that, you know, things are equitable and that's, that's part of our past, I think had to confront and stare in the face with the fact that like this is, this is happening, this is happening now. Uh, and that there are so many systems across our country that are just rife with inequity and you, you cannot look away. Like we must, we must do something. Uh, and, and I think us like, as well, be, being home in this moment and in a state of reflection already, it just like it ripped open the wound. Um, and so I, I've been proud in this year to see people really paying attention and feeling pain out loud and for it to be a, a national awakening moment and not one that just our black brothers and sisters are carrying by themselves, but that my white colleagues are feeling deep pain uh, and reflecting and, and feeling discomfort with the status quo. Uh, I think it was a very, very important important part of our year this year. No I didn't question. get to your, your bigger question of like, well, what are we supposed to do? Like what, what's needed? Um, I mean, if there was a quick recipe for this, we would be doing it, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And it takes all of us. And I, and I thank you for being an ally. I mean, and you've been in the, you've been in the trenches uh, making a difference, you know, in the space of education. Uh, and speaking of education, you know, we talked uh, when, I, when I first really spoke with you as president CEO of the Miami Foundation, we talked about mentoring. Uh, and the misconception with a capital M of mentoring, the impact of mentoring and mentoring being nice, but there's so many other deeper causes. And certainly I am in no way uh, minimizing the other incredible work that's being done. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, but as we talk about mentoring uh, and, and, and moving the needle and mentoring not being just nice, but necessary. You served, as you said, on the Florida a state board of education. You're the youngest person, if I'm not mistaken, and you serve a seven-year term, a four-year term, correct? Four-year term, yeah. A four-year term. Uh, I don't want to mix, mix up terms because that, that gets a little uh, right. outside the realm. Four years is enough. I'll just leave it right there. Uh, you served a four-year term uh, as uh, and the youngest person, correct? And the poorest. 
<laughs> okay, that wasn't in the bio system. Uh, but nevertheless, when you think about moving the needle in education and, and promoting education and resiliency in our youth, what role does mentoring play from mm. your vantage point and experience? Yeah, I mean, so when I think about this question, like it, it feels personal. I think anyone who's in a significant leadership role, like you don't, it didn't happen by accident and, you, and it didn't happen by yourself. It's like, who were the muses and the mentors and the people who you channeled along the way or who, who gave you your leg up and your connections? Um, I mean, I, for me in that role and in my current life, I have many mentors for myself. I bet you do as well. Um, and when I think about my, I still talk to my own students from fourth grade. I mean, it's been a long time at this point. They are grownups with children and master's degrees at this point. Uh, and those relationships last and endure. Uh, and it is amazing to see that, you know, a, a small amount of my time in somebody's life really shaped what they became for better or for worse. It's a really powerful, I don't, you know, I feel like as adults, we forget how much kids are soaking in of who we are and what we do for them. Um, but to make sure that every single kid has somebody who is championing them and who believes in them and will give them access and perspective outside of whatever it is that they already are experiencing, it was really important for me in my own upbringing. Um, and, and I see for every kid in my life, either through the education system or just in my personal life, how much that unleashes for kids uh, to have a relationship of someone who's rooting for them. There's no doubt, and I'll tell you what, Rebecca, uh, on December 22nd, uh, I'll be reading uh, a, a story, a children's book to a group of children uh, online, keeping everything safe, of course. Uh, but the book that I'm reading and that I chose was written by one of our little sisters. Uh, and grew up in Coconut Grove and her big sister would always give her a book to read. And truth be told, uh, little sister LaShawn would say, she always bringing me another book, another book to read. I don't wanna read a book. I wanna go and have some fun. But what began was a journey of friendship, uh, certainly improving her literacy and improving her schoolwork. Dr. LaShawn Davis, yes. uh, author of Mr. Okra sells fruits and veggies, a children's book that I'll be reading. Uh, shout out to little sister LaShawn. So when you talk about your educational background and here's this little girl, a uh, little black girl matched to a, a white female who just, it wasn't about race. It was about the relationship. Uh, and the reason why this podcast is community conversation, we deal with humanity. There's so much that can divide us. Everybody has their own beliefs and they're entitled to, to have those, but the power and so this young lady, who also became a big sister later on when she went to Tulane, uh, and she now UC Berkeley, uh, author, doctor, that's the power of education and mentoring. And it just feels so good to have folks on the battlefield and in the trenches like you from an investment standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, and just as an ally. So that's the power of mentoring. And yeah. I hope, uh, Rebecca, as we move forward, you know, as an organization, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Miami, uh, and as a philanthropic institution that we continue to recognize because it has it is a misconception with, with so many. I've had this conversation and when I start putting it into quantifiable as well as qual uh, qualitative uh, context, people are like, wow, you're right. That's the thread. Yes. It's not the be all end all, but it's clearly the thread. So I got to ask you, who meant to give us one example? You've had many mentors, I know. 
But yeah. uh, who comes to mind as you think about what you do today in leading a, a large organization and being a community leader? Uh, who comes to mind as one of your mentors and what does uh, she or he teach you? Yeah. So, I mean, I have mentors now today as well. And I will say, you know, sometimes people are deliberate mentors and sometimes they're accidental. I don't even realize they're mentoring you. And sometimes what you're learning from them is how to be. And sometimes what you're learning is how not to be. Um, the thing I'm really enjoying now um, in my middle age uh, is that I, I have sought for myself a young mentor, not someone that I mentor. And I mentor her as well, but she is a mentor for me. She's 24 years old. Um, and she keeps me live and present. She's a transgender woman. And when I met her, she was just out of college and she was so aware and awake uh, to so many of the adjustances in the country. And, and I just, as I listened to her speak, I thought to myself, this generation gets it in a way that I feel like my generation needs to be listening to carefully. Uh, and I want to not just be helpful to her in her growth, uh, but I need her to mentor me. And often um, I digest things that are going on in the community with her and just to hear her perspective and her take. Um, and, um, and she pushes me and I really value it. I need it. Um, and so I would encourage anyone who's watching, whether they're a big brother, uh, whether they're a big brother or a little brother, um, that you make sure that you have generational mentors from different eras who we see things from different lenses, from what, from what we inherited in this, in this world while we were living it and freshest. And, um, so I'm valuing my 80 year old mentors and I'm valuing my 20 year old mentors right now. I love that. And, and so often, and obviously I've been in the youth mentoring space. And I'll just share a little bit of context for you about me. Uh, you know, prior to coming to Big Brothers Big Sisters, I ran a boarding school for juvenile delinquent boys. Uh, and I would always tell, I would tell them, hey, I'm gonna call them gentlemen, because messaging matters. Yeah. Uh, secondly, you know, when the when the state and other officials would come in and say, okay, these juvenile offenders, yeah, they made a mistake. They made bad decisions, but they're not bad boys. I mean, it is so important that our children hear that. But to your point, Rebecca, I learned so much from those young men, and many of them black and brown, vast majority. I like brilliance, resilience, but yet they had, <clears throat> there was some street mentoring. They were following the wrong crowd. They were, you know, they, they, their companionships were not always very healthy. Uh, and so having discussions like that, and to your point, when you think about the inherent assumption that a mentor has to be someone older, or I don't use the word old, I say more seasoned, more seasoned uh, than you. Uh, you know, you're so right. Our kids can teach us so much authenticity, frankness, and just not holding back. And sometimes we become so packaged as adults that we forget. And many of our bigs tell us uh, that I've learned so much from my little sister. I've learned so much from my little brother you know, as well. And so yeah. it's such a valid, valid point, Rebecca. Let me say this, uh, as we think about education, as we think about mentoring, uh, philanthropy, and a space that you are certainly familiar with, and, uh, and we certainly, you know, appreciate the Mommy Foundation, as we think about all the challenges that we face here in Miami, and quite frankly, across this country and our nation, what role does philanthropy play as it relates to just making a big impact? And I'm not just talking about swiping a check. I mean, that, that's the obvious uh, answer. Oh, yeah, we just we fund everything. But no, and we, as we talk about measurable, meaningful impact, what role does philanthropy pay, play from your vantage point? 
Yeah. So ask me in a year and I'll probably have a deeper answer for you because I'm so fresh to the philanthropy game. I really spent most of my career on the other side, leading nonprofit organizations um, and working with grassroots leaders. And so it, what, what's been fun and is revealing itself to me as I step into this role uh, is how power moves mm. and how money indicates trust and value. And philanthropy is about bringing together wealth to have impact in a community. And so how, how is the power moving? Um, and where are we trusting? And one of the things that like really hurt my soul as I investigate system level racism across this country is like, what, what has been a system level wrong within the field of philanthropy? And I saw this study that like ripped at my heart um, recently, it was a 2016 study that the New York Times had published about that only, this statistic is crazy, 0.6%, less than a percent of foundation dollars nationally in 2016 went to black women, hmm. to organizations led by black women who are in my mind, like championing at the front line, some of the most innovative and important solutions for our country. I think to myself, how is it possible that we are not investing in the women at the front lines of solutions across our country uh, in this way. Why is it so inequitable? Why does it look like that? And I just, um, it's a lot of what I'm thinking about these days is my responsibility and our responsibility to understand where did this wealth come from? What are the inequities behind wealth creation in our country and wealth distribution in our country? Uh, and how do, we, how do we invest in building a stronger society? What are, what are the criteria for getting access to dollars, to grant making dollars? and um, philanthropic dollars, and how do I, at the foundation in my community, set tone for how we think uh, and how we invest, and what are the criteria, and what are the expectations, and how do we tell the story about impact, uh, and motivate impact, and motivate collaboration? And so I see I see some real inequities in there, and I also see um, that often we're we're pitting change makers against each other in like a hunger game for dollars for their work, as opposed to figuring out how to bring people together towards solutions with each other. And so, I mean, I am just at the very beginning of my leadership at this organization. But what I realize is that when I make a statement about our values as an institution, it creates a ripple effect for the community at large. And so I have to be really careful what I say and what I prioritize and how I give and what criteria I set because um, others, others imitate. And similar to what we we're talking about before with mentorship and, and youth, like you have, adults need to be careful what they do, people are watching. Um, and so I see, the same, I see the same thing for all of us who are leading large institutions right now, the choices we make, uh, they really, they influence the environment around us. And, and Rebecca, I tell you what, the, the task is certainly won't be easy, but I will say this to you, the opportunity to really shift a paradigm because the Hunger Games illustration is so appropriate. Uh, and when we think about collective impact, when we think about, okay, the to address the ills of social justice, it will take, it's not one organization, it will take all of us. So it's not about coming to the table and just representing said organization, in my case, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, but let's connect Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Miami with the following entities and watch the needle move, be it housing and health and mentorship, of course. That's, and from my vantage point, because I've seen this movie before, uh, mm -hmm. been part of 
collaborations and we had a community compact years ago funded by the Florida Department of Education, incredible. Bringing in higher institutions of higher learning with grassroots organizations and it works as opposed to the quote unquote competing for the same dollar. So I know you've probably heard that many times. Uh, and again, uh, you can count on, count on me to be there with you every step of the way to assist in bringing helping other organizations because uh, what I've seen uh, not only locally, but nationally as well, when folks say, I wanna start a mentoring organization, I say, how about we collaborate and I can help you save a whole lot on infrastructure and we can still join forces and you can still achieve your goal. That's the spirit uh, that I hope uh, you, know, you see more of, not only in our beautiful city, but really in philanthropy as a whole. Amen. And so with that, Give Miami Day, your Ugh. first Give Miami Day. First yes. of all, a couple words, wow, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it's like Hamilton, awesome, wow. Uh, so I had to go there. Uh, and <laughs> Just give take us behind the scenes, if you will. Uh, did you have you gotten some sleep since Give Miami Day? I got to ask you that as well. You know, the truth is, no, no, I have not. I really thought, you know, it's, it's similar to like the end of 2020. Like we think the year is going to end and COVID's gone and all the problems are lifted. And they're like, no, <laughs> no. Like now behind the scenes is, is the end of the year push where we're making sure all the nonprofits get the reporting that they need. Everybody wants to make their last donations of the year. Uh, performance evaluations for our team and making sure everybody's strong and growing. Uh, so no, I have not slept. Uh, I am looking forward to sleeping. Uh, but I gotta say, you know, this was a hard year. This was a divisive year. And Give Miami Day just gave me, gave me life again, because that day is about everyone standing together. It's about the community standing together, giving together, earning together. Um, and we showed up. We showed up this year in a way that, and it's always been a, it's successful. And it's, an, it's almost 10 years that this organization, that Miami Foundation's been, been running this. Um, but I was worried, you know, this is a year of anxiety for people financially. And so we knew that people individually were gonna give less, not because, not because they care less, but because they have given and given and given. There's a massive election cycle. People were contributing and contributing and contributing. Um, and then, you know, related to all of the issues they cared about this year, people have depleted to the bottom of their, their own savings and also are very anxious uh, financially themselves. And so we, we knew that individually people were going to have to give less. And that the only day, way that we could raise more that day is if we like doubled the amount of people who gave. And so it was, it was amazing to see we had 55,000 donations come in that day. And uh, we raised $18 million in, in, in a day, uh, up from 14 the previous year. It was a showing. We showed up. Well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on leading the Miami Foundation. Uh, we cherish our relationship. On behalf of all the little brothers and little sisters, uh, I just want to thank you uh, for the investment in mentoring, the partnership. And I really look forward to just having ongoing conversations and partnering with you to help move the needle, to help humanity, uh, and to really continue. And Give Miami was just a pivot point uh, because what a powerful statement, Miami, congratulations on that. Congratulations, congratulations to you and your team, Rebecca. And let's do this together because that's because this theme of the show, and I got to put it in here because in the game of life, everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. And Miami, you played it well. Forgive Miami Day. Rebecca, I appreciate you spending a little time with me today. And just so you know, the next segment, 
on this show will be, we talk, we're talking about the gift of philanthropy and mentoring. The next segment will be a set of twins who are matched with two incredible big sisters. Oh. Rebecca, I will be in touch with you. We're going to do a lot more together, my sister. Welcome to the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. I am Gail Nelson, your host, the president and CEO of Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Miami. And we are just so fortunate to talk about the gift of philanthropy and mentoring. So we had some incredible people that are family. As a matter of fact, we have the whole family here today. We're going to talk about putting up your dukes. Now, some of you may think that talks about fighting. We're talking about fighting for humanity, fighting for pro-social uh, just relationships. So I am pleased to introduce to our entire network. Not only do we have big sister Allison Weiss Brady, but also big sister uh, Brooke Brown with their littles who are not so little anymore. And so welcome to the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast and Community Conversation. Allison, how are you doing today? I am great. I'm excited to put up my dukes and share our story with Big Brother Big, about Big Brother Big Sisters. So thank you so much for having us on today. Oh, Allison, I've known you for a long time and it just, it just gets better and better. Thank you. Brooke, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, you know, coming in from Kansas City. Um, love seeing my family here on the screen. And thank you so much for having me as a guest today. It's an absolute pleasure. And there are two young ladies side by side. It may say Annette Dukes on the screen, but we got Jeanette and Annette. Ladies, how you doing? Hi, right, we're doing on. great. So glad to be here, Glenn. It's so great to see you and see, of course, our family all on one screen together. It's been a while. Even though it's we're in different states, I'm still here. Go ahead, Annette. I'm sorry, I cut I you said, off. Oh. No, you're okay. I said, even though we're in different states, our big sister still, we still feel the love, even though we still, you know, we're bigger, but we still feel their love and stuff. Oh my God. I feel the love on this. I feel the love too. on the screen. And let me tell you something. There's more Dukes where they came from. And let me tell you something. Uh, Destiny Dukes, what's going on? Good to have you with us, Destiny Dukes. How are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm well in yourself. I'm Thanks for having me. Every Everybody's calling me Glenn. I had an uncle Glenn. I am Gail. Gail. Nelson. I'm sorry, Gail. <laughs> it's all right, Destiny. It's all right. So I know it's all right. This is the beauty of what I love about live. Uh, we can talk. We can, you know, I may call. So I'm going to call Jeanette Annette just to be funny uh, as well. So it's all good. I would never do that. So Destiny, thanks for being with us today. Beyonce. Destiny, Beyonce, it all works. That's <laughs> I love it. But you know what? There would be no destiny, Jeanette or Annette, without mom. And we're going to talk to mom in just a minute. We're going to walk down memory lane first. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring in Mama Dukes to talk to us a little bit. So let's, let's start with everybody just kind of chiming in for a little bit. I want bigs and littles working with me on this. We're going to call this walk down memory lane. So uh, let's start here. Uh, Brooke. What's going on here with all four of you all matching and sharp and everything? Yes, um, well, this actually was uh, an event uh, at Ball Harbor Shops for Fashion Week in the fall. And so I, I believe it was in 2011. So yeah, we were looking sharp and feeling good and it was a fun night. You guys definitely uh, do your thing. And now this is a nice one, Annette, talk to me. So this one is when we were at a gathering 
and uh, we had just haven't seen each other in a little while, and we just got together for some dinner here in Miami. Well, there in Miami. Excellent. Now, Allison, I must ask, there's a handsome gentleman in that in that photo that you may know a little bit about. Who's the gentleman in there? That good-looking gentleman is my husband, Chip. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And certainly part of the family. Let's go he, now. He Let's is, keep yes, definitely. Love it. Now, what do we have here? Somebody help me with this one. Well, these are just a few postcards that Allison sent me from all of her different travels. So everywhere she went, she sent me a love, uh, you know, a, a postcard saying, you know, what she's saying, how am I doing, and she can't wait to see me again. So I just held on dear to those over the years, and um, I'm glad I did. Because it's so Can you tell me, when, when did you, how old were you when you got your first postcard from your big sister, Allison? Give me, roughly. So I met her at nine. I can say I probably got my first card uh, because we were inseparable at first. So I'll say about 13, got my first card, and then I just kept them ever since. I know one dates back to the early 2000s, so yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Let's keep walking down memory lane. Uh, Brooke, help me with this one. The one on the left of, of my screen. Go ahead. Yeah, it was, you know, uh, an event, I believe, um, at Allison's home. And, you know, we like to dress up in Miami uh, style and, and look good. And, um, you know, Allison is always so hospitable uh, to, to us. And so um, it was a fun night <laughs> again. Excellent. Excellent. You guys definitely dress up. There's no doubt. There's a theme here of dressing up. Speaking of dressing up and events, here's another event, I think. Uh, talk, talk to me about this one, someone. Well, uh, it was, we all came together for uh, Allison's house uh, with a chair for a charity event. And it was a really great night. It really was. All, always <laughs> working together, always looking apart, supporting great causes. But now, this wins the Cutie Pie Award. Uh, I don't know. So, Jeanette, Annette, talk to me about this beautiful photo. So, this is a photo of me and Annette. I love it so much because I feel like we kind of actually look like twins on this one. And we were just a few years from when we got our first big sister. And um, the doll over here is a doll that I hold dear to me and I've kept for several years now. Uh, Allison got it for me when she went to Mexico. And I just thought it was so different and interesting. So I always held on to it. It was nice. Beautiful, beautiful. So how old were you both when you were matched? Uh, nine. Yeah, we were nine. Nine years old. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Let's take yeah. a look at this one. Speaking of experiences. So Jeanette, do you want to talk about this this first and then I can sort of fill in some of the details? Oh, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I was a little delayed, I think. Okay, so yes, uh, this is when we were at the Marlins Stadium with Glenn Johnson. Um, I really remember this day pretty well because I remember seeing those cheerleaders and dancing like them and, uh, I mean, wanting to dance like them. And I actually got to meet them and I uh, got a baseball signed and it was a great night. It was a great day. He's super fun. Um, Glenn Johnson is a client of mine. He was a light heavyweight uh, boxing champion. And so he threw out the ceremonial uh, first pitch of the Marlins game. So you can see him in the white Marlins shirt in the upper right. And so we were on the field or, you know, right, right next to the field and he threw out the pitch and there's Jeanette with the cheerleaders and, you know, Billy the Marlins. So um, it was really, it was a fun day. And I think it was a great experience for her. 
And one of the things I wanted to stress is there's so many opportunities that Biggs and Little spend spending time together uh, and just incredible, incredible. And I know Jeanette, uh, you know, obviously Allison's your second big sister, but you had an experience uh, for a short time with another big. Tell us about it. Yes, it was Darnie. That's her name. She was a she was a great big sister. She was a college student. So uh, she taught me that hard work is something that, uh, you know, you want it, you got to work hard for it. So she was amazing. And over here to the, uh, that's the Miami Dolphins um, football. We went to Miami Dolphins game. That was great. And that baseball is actually from the Glenn Johnson event that I went to with the Marlins Stadium. They gave me that signed baseball. So that was great. Excellent. So to all the college students out there, get involved. You never know. Uh, spend that extra time and uh, help somebody else along the way. And last but not least, in terms of our photos, uh, Allison, uh, this one, I think this was a day you may remember. Uh, can you give us the date? Uh, no pressure at all, Allison. I'll give you a little time. Can you give us a date of this photo? And hopefully Chip is within earshot, because if you can't give me the date, I will have to have you call a friend named Chip. I, he better be able to give me the date. Talk to me, Allison. So I think I remember this day. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to. I'm trying, the dress sort of looks familiar. That white. Uh, that white satin there. Uh, March fourth, two thousand six. So um, that was Chip and my wedding day, um, and so I was thrilled that uh, Jeanette, Annette, and and their mom um, could join us, and uh, it was wonderful. It was at Vizcaya Gardens, um, right in Coconut Grove, so in Miami. Um, it was terrific, and obviously, you know, one of the best days of my life. So I was thrilled that they could be there to join us. Excellent. Beautiful photo, beautiful day, beautiful people. And that concludes our walk down memory lane uh, tour. So now, as we talk about family, thank you all for helping our audience recognize and understand this. It's the little things, quality time, family, attending events, exposing our littles to so many different things. But now I need to talk to Mama Dukes. Uh, it's time to put up our Dukes. We're going to talk. And you know what, what's great about talking to mamas? Mamas can say anything they want because they're mama bear. And so, Miss Dukes, thanks for joining us today. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Now, let's be real for a minute. Tell us about when you signed up uh, your daughters for Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and maybe some of the things that might have been said that have, were said to you and the results of you signing them up. Go ahead, Mama Dukes. Well, um, when I was a kid, I had a friend that um, had a big sister and I couldn't understand how it was her big sister if it wasn't her mother's child or her father's child. Long story short, I found out that it was a program. And so I was fortunate enough to go on a few out outings with her. Fast forward 25, 30 years, then um, I'm a parent. And uh, my twins, their father died when they were three. And then I found myself in a position as most of the people in my neighborhood were they were fatherless children. And so I remembered um, this program, Big Brothers and Big Sisters. So after talking with some family members and friends, telling them what I wanted to do, I was discouraged by them. They were saying, oh no, you don't want that. It's only white people. You know, you don't want white people in your family and in your business. But I didn't have that mindset. So I, I um, applied, I made that phone call. I applied, I did the application, the, um, the, I guess you would say the caseworker for Big Brothers and Big Sister came to my house, met my children, got all that information and said she'll get back with me. And she did. And in doing so, 
she introduced us to um, several people and none looked like us. And um, I was interested. My children uh, were interested and that's what we did. Jeanette had Darnie in the beginning and um, Annette had Eileen and Destiny had Betty. And Betty is still uh, uh, part of our lives. And then as time went on, we, we were introduced to Allison and Brooke. And um, these ladies have been phenomenal in our lives. They have encouraged us. Um, they've lifted us up. They've actually shown us that it's more to life than the area we lived in. We lived in the inner city, the hood, if you will, where um, if you had a car and your lights were still on, you were doing good. So these people taught us what commitment was and is. They taught us um, what it means to work hard and to be determined. And in doing so, um, it um, catapulted me into going back to school, not only as an older woman, but a disabled woman. I went back to school as my children were in, in high school and uh, I went to Barry University and I got my master's degree and my children are following suit. So we were recognized in the um, Miami Times, which we do call the Negro newspaper. And that's just what we call it. And uh, we were um, recognized as something good still coming out of the hood. I can't thank these ladies enough, all of them. And I encourage any parents or any people that are listening to this iPod to please understand that it's not how you look. It's not where you come from. It's not what your economic bracket is. It's not even what your religion is. People genuinely care about people. And if we take it for what it's worth and apply it, these people can help you find a better path, expose you to better things in life. And that's what's going on with our family at this time. Thank God for these wonderful people and this wonderful program. Everybody put up your dukes. I need everybody to put up your dukes. We're just, <laughs> we we're, got we're just, we Let got me tell you something. Up. When we talk about the fight, uh, not a physical fight, but to really just promote humanity, the name of this podcast is the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. Why do I call it the Game of Life? Because everybody makes a team in life, but how you play is up to you. What Miss Dukes just said, the inspiration of a big, uh, just really inspired a family. The Dukes family didn't need to be fixed. The potential was already there, but the inspiration of somebody, even if somebody doesn't look like you, doesn't speak the same language, doesn't come from, have the same background. When it comes to humanity, we're all in this together. So I got to just stay there for a minute with so many things that have happened in 2020. Thank you, Ms. Dukes, for sharing such a powerful testament to why we exist as an organization. We've, we've been around since 1958 here in Miami. I've been fortunate to work here for 14 years and humble to serve as president and CEO. But the reason we exist, the reason we are, we come to work every day is to match folks like Allison and Brooke to incredible, incredible people like Destiny, Jeanette, and Annette. So thank you for those kind words and the, and the thought-provoking uh, candor by, by which you shared as well. Allison and Brooke, how did you all find out uh, and about Big Brothers, Big Sisters? Uh, and tell us just really how you've seen these incredible young ladies grow. We'll start with you, Allison. Uh, so um, I wrote this in, in my bio that I had submitted to, to you at Big Brother, Big Sister, but um, 
it's probably not the typical way, but I don't necessarily know that I'm the typical person. So I happened to be watching MTV one day, uh, Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson, they had a newlywed show and Nick Lachey was on TV. And I know he raises a lot of money for big brother, big sister. He was on TV with a little brother. And I said to my husband, you know, I do a lot of fun events with celebrities and, and it seems like Nick showing his little brother a great time. I was like, I have all these events and all this access to all these um, wonderful experiences. If he has time for big brother, big sister, then I definitely have time for big brother, big sister. And so then like a day or two later, I called um, and then I went through the application process and then I, I met Jeanette's family um, and it's been an amazing experience. So I've been with Jeanette, matched with Jeanette since she was um, nine years old. Now they're 25. So, you know, I've seen them grow up. I think um, for me, Jeanette and I socially um, have a very outgoing personality, a lot of the same interests in sports and entertainment. Um, so Big Brothers Big Sisters did a great job in matching us. Um, for me, I wanted to expose her to different um, career opportunities that I potentially might be good for her in the future. Um, so whether that was, you know, sports or fitness or entertainment or that sort of was my, one of my goals is just to expose her to, you know, open her eyes and, and, and see the possibilities of a career in her, in her future. Um, she's, she and her family have been nothing but delight. You know, I love them. I was thrilled they could share my wedding day with me. Um, it's been my absolute pleasure to have been involved with Big Brothers and Sister, Sisters. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. So I, I thank you, Gail. I've known you for a long time. I, I thank you for this opportunity. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the feeling is so mutual. Uh, Brooke, uh, tell us about how you heard about Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and certainly your relationship with Annette. Yeah. Um, so in 2009, um, I was working at Mount Sinai Hospital Foundation um, in Miami, Florida, and um, Allison, um, I believe she was pregnant with her first daughter at that time, and or, or we, we crossed paths then and um, became friends, and she was telling me about her involvement as a big sis uh, with Big Brothers Big Sisters, and that um, her little Jeanette had a twin, Annette, that um, that needed to be rematched because um, um, her, her first big uh, moved away as, as things happen in life and career. And so that's when I initially, you know, got, heard about it. And um, in uh, 2009, I lost my father uh, to suicide and it was really hard. And, um, I decided to, that I wanted to shift my energy into something positive um, and uh, give back to the community. And, um, and when I found out that, that Annette had, um, you know, also had lost her father at a young age, um, I just felt that it was, I don't know, we just clicked and, and I was really happy to be matched with her. Um, we both love basketball. Um, Annette, I don't know if you remember when we used to play and uh, I forced you to use your left hand instead of your right hand. And then you became an amazing basketball player and went on to college. Um, you know, we've had great memories from going to Marlins games and heat games and um, just building that relationship. Um, I also recall a time where um, Annette and Jeanette, we both, we both, um, all of us, we volunteered for Habitat for Humanity and we're, we were painting homes um, in a certain neighborhood. Ladies, do you remember this story? 
Annette, do you want to share like what what happens when we went um, to the house? When we painted the houses, correct? That's what you mean? Yeah. It's kind of and foggy. We, remember that. We went that. to your grandma's house and, and we inspired others to go to your grandma's house and we ended up painting her house that day. Yes, I do, yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Kind of foggy. I'm not gonna lie, but it, I do remember. Well, I remember it because it was <laughs> a lot of work, and yeah. we were thirsty. But it was for such a good cause, and it was in a neighborhood that we were familiar with, which is where my grandma stayed at. You know, it's not the best neighborhood, but it was great to know that we were doing better for that community. So, yes. yeah, a lot Incredible. of great memories. Incredible. Thank you for that, Brooke. And uh, I know mom had popped in. I'm going to go to Destiny now to piggyback on some of the things that mom mentioned. But mom, did you want to say something? Because anytime mama pops up, I'm calling on mom uh, in terms of helping <laughs> grandma's house. Go ahead, mom. Go mama do. No, I just want to say as, as I hear Allison and Brooke uh, reflect on all the different activities and the, and the things that we did together. I mean, I'm getting teary eyed because I'm like, oh my God, I remember. And I remember when they painted my mom's house. I mean, I remember going to Allison's wedding. I was terrified and I'm like, because I didn't like to go out that much and just how they just encouraged me to get out of the house and, and just live and my children to be exposed to so many different things. You're gonna have us I'm all not gonna crying, say Mama. anything else. <laughs> no, you're gonna have us all crying here. I'm trying to, trying to run a show without crying. I've never cried on any of my shows. I've gotten a little misty, but mama, you may, like this may be record breaking just in time for the holidays. You got the brother running the show crying. Thanks a lot, mama. Duke. It's all true. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And congratulations. And let me just say this. How about this? Let's give mom a hand for going back, getting her degree. Got her. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Mama Dukes. Do you? Congratulations. Definitely wasn't easy. <laughs> but, you, but you're a hard worker, and, and I can see uh, just yes. the love you have for your children and the love you have for those who want to assist others. Destiny, yes. talk to us uh, about just uh, anything you want to share in terms of this family and the impact of Big Brothers Big Sisters. Go ahead, Destiny. Hey, Gail. So our impact was like divine, if I, for lack of better terms, but it is the best term. It was definitely divine because like my mom said, her going to Allison wedding, it, this, this, these parents were more than just activities or mentorships. It, it, they were inspirational. They were encouraging. And they also helped lift our family, like from a place that we were almost drowning for, for lack of better terms again, because like my mom um, going to Allison wedding, it was at Vizcaya's um, garden. And that's a huge walking, a walking location. And my mom hadn't like walked long distances in over 10 years. She was like bedridden and in the house most of the time. And so I think her matching us with big sister, big brothers was a cry for help for her children. And it actually was effective. Um, because um, not to put anyone else down, but from the product of our environment, the statistics are not great. And by the grace of God and the mentorship from this organization and these ladies, we've escaped all the negative statistics that have been um, put on us and that have been set for us. And by Allison um, being a, 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 a public relations, being into public relations. She doesn't know this, but my family knows. I spent about two years in school going to be a publicist because I was inspired by her lifestyle and her work. And then um, also my sisters know this, like well, there's a lot of teenage pregnancy and stuff in our neighborhood and we can easily become victims of this, but we made vows um, uh, through some 
some program, an event that we went to, but I also made a vow to myself that I wouldn't have children until I'm married, until I can afford my chauffeur and mammy. And this isn't because of financial, but it's because I've been inspired by lifestyles like um, Brooks and, and Allison's and my big sister, Betty, who's I've been paired with for 18 years now, who have all waited until they were in a better position to have children, to have their career in line and to actually be a more effective human being in this earth. And so that's what this, this, this organization has done for us and exposed us and inspired us to be better individuals. And we couldn't have asked for better pairs. Well, I'll tell you what, I thought Mama Dukes had me, but now destiny starts talking. <laughs> and so now I got a lump in my throat right now. Uh, and I just appreciate just how open and honest and I know it just has to be so heartwarming Allison so, Brooke to hear Gail, this Wait, yes yes um so based you know sort of talking about what uh Destiny mentioned Destiny can you mention briefly um the college degrees and master's degrees that you and your sisters and your mom now have um and, and how successful um you've been in your educational and you know job career can you talk about some of the degrees that you guys have have gotten yeah, all of this is a testament to exposure and inspiration and thanks to this organization. So each of um, me and my sisters, both, um, all three of us have associate's degrees. We all um, have graduated high school, have associate's degree. Annette and Jeanette are both working on their bachelor's. Jeanette is um, um, becoming a firefighter. She completed her EMT training already. Um, Annette is continuing her education in special education. And I recently graduated from the University of Miami with my MBA. And my mother has her um, master's in social work from Barry University. And well, that's right. why I was saying the numbers don't lie. We escape the statistics of our neighborhood solely off of divine purpose and inspiration from this organization and these ladies. Well, you know, put up your dukes again, everybody. I'm sorry. This, you just, those dukes we're, up. We're, we're fighting for education too. We're we are. Humanity, education. I mean, I tell you what, I hope I can make it through the rest of this show because you guys are the gift that keeps on giving. Here we are in the holiday season. There's so many things that uh, we, we are thankful for, but certainly this has been a challenging year. Let me switch gears for a minute. Uh, it's, it's not lost on me. You know, I'm the product of the inner city, inner city Toledo, Ohio, raised by a single mother. Parents divorced when I was two years old. Were it not for mentorship, I wouldn't be the man I am today. And many of my mentors, some looked like me, some did not. So I absolutely appreciate what the Dukes family has shared. And now to lead a mentoring organization, when this becomes work, I got to do something else. And so bottom line is I love what I do because of what you, because of who you all are. And that, I mean that sincerely. But 2020 has been a challenge. That's not, a, that's not breaking news. But well, a lot of social justice issues a lot of it rooted and grounded in racism, where unfortunately, unlike all of you, folks who come from different backgrounds, uh, look uh, black versus white and all of this. I mean, have you all had any discussions uh, as bigs and littles, as part of this mentoring family about some of the challenges facing our society today? And so what, did that, what does that look like? Let's start with uh, either Allison or Brooke. Uh, just, have you guys talked with each other about any of that? This is Allison. Um, I, I have not um, talked about you know the race issue. I think um, more in 2020, I've talked about COVID and how it's harder to stay focused on school if it's virtual or career-wise, just trying to sort of 
you know, help everyone stay focused on their career goals and stay on track for, you know, the certificates that she get. She's been working hard to get, you know, the fire women and all these, you know, degrees. So just to sort of focus on, on that, you know, that's sort of the mentoring piece that I, that I've had since she was nine. Um, so that's sort of where my, my focus has been, to be honest. So I haven't, I haven't discussed that piece with her, but it's an important thing to discuss. So, you know, you bring up a great point that I, that I should. Well, no, it's great. And I love the fact that you, the coaching you provided to them, you already have the relationship. It's not like you have to tell Jeanette, oh, breaking news, your big sister is white. Mama already made that clear. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys are sisters. Uh, and so what I love about what you said, Allison, is you told her in the midst of all these challenges, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of a pandemic, stay focused, get that certification, get your career on track and don't allow anything to distract you. So that's absolutely good advice. Brooke, what about you? Have you, you and Annette had any discussions about some, any challenge facing 2020, inclusive of racism as well, if need be? Um, not exactly specifically. Um, I do recall back um, in late May, uh, in early June, uh, especially after George Floyd's murder, um, and just with the riots going on and uh, just uh, protest, you know, I did, you know, text Annette, um, just like, hey, how are you doing? Just kind of get check in, even as it relates to the pandemic, what's what's going on in your world? Um, uh, I, I will back it up a little bit. Um, I recall um, Valerie having a conversation with me and even Annette and I talking about um, just even internally, in the uh, in the black community, like the different colors, the different whether you're a light brown or darker brown, and 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 how there's that inter. And I had no like I continue to learn from them. I didn't know that there was, you know, their own internal ways of one looked at color. Um, and so that was interesting to me. And and maybe Valerie can can speak more about that. But you know, I I, I continue to learn and grow. And um, and um, we learn from each other. We're a mentor for each other and things that we might've been blinded to. Absolutely, and I love the fact that I want people to understand that when it comes to mentoring, uh, here we are with the Dukes family, uh, with big sister Allison, big sister uh, Brooke uh, on the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. We're getting real, we're getting raw because this is about family. And we're gonna hear from Valerie and Destiny as well because one of the things that in terms of challenges, it's a two-way street. The big learns from the little and the little learns from the big. I hope you all understand that, uh, that are listening to us uh, today. This is a two-way street. So Mama Dukes, what do you have to share? Well, just to piggyback off what Brooke was, say, um, Brooke was saying, we did have that um, conversation with Brooke about um, different skin colors. Um, what a lot of people may not know is that um, a lot of the racism that black people experience does come from within the black community. If you're a red bone, high yellow, paper sack brown, pecan tan, all those different names. And I happen to have three daughters that are of three different colors in the black race. We have Destiny, she's bright skinned. We have Jeanette, that's Mocha. And then there's Annette, she's, you know, very dark. And I taught them as little girls, people are gonna um, stigmatize you for this, this and that. And so when I made that decision, um, to utilize the No Child Left Behind um, scholarship to take them from the inner city all the way to Key Biscayne um, and was provided bus service. 
it's amazing that in our black neighborhood, the bus drivers were really rude. And it got to the point I said, they're not going to school there anymore. And Allison jumped in and said, Valerie, that's a very good school. You made a good choice. If I have to come and pick Jeanette and Annette up and Destiny, I will. Do not take them from that school. And I never, I never did. I kept, I kept them in that school and um, they, um, they learned a lot. People don't understand in some of our inner city schools, my children were not getting that same education. And that's something that um, I want our listeners to know. You have to be strong with the PTA. You have to know what's going on in your community in, and in your schools and let our black people know that it's time to stop discriminating against each other for who's lighter, who hair is better. These are real problems within our neighborhood. And I instilled in my children that people are people. And I know we see, we discuss, um, you know, about the deaths at the hands of police officers, the discrimination at the hands of people of different um, race from ourselves. However, I told my children, you treat people the way you want to be treated. And that's what we've done with these wonderful ladies. And these wonderful ladies didn't look at us any differently. They didn't say, oh, they're a little dark. Oh, their hair is a little nappy. No, they embraced us for who we were and they helped us to be better people. Mm. Now, let me ask you this, Mama Dukes. Are you mm-hmm. auditioning to be a co-host of my podcast? It sounds like that's what you're doing. You know what? I, I'm just so thrilled for this opportunity. And um, I just I just thank God for all the blessings that he sends our way. And, all, and if I can do anything to help anyone, to encourage anyone, or to uplift anyone, and let them know it's more to life than that little area that we're in. So it's time to spread our wings and fly. Oh, beautiful, Mama Dukes. Thank so, you. Gail, this is Allison. So yes. um, I, as mu- much credit as um, everyone's giving Big Brother's Big Sister, which I totally agree with, I have to say that Valerie is the one who has spearheaded all of this. She's the one who has been extremely bright and has pushed her kids to reach their potential. She was smart to sign up for Big Brother's Big Sisters. She was you know, trying to get her kids into the best schools possible. When there were sorority sisters offering tutor, uh, tutoring after school, she signed up. She has done everything she could do to get her kids, give them the best life possible. So I really think there's a lot of accolades that you know are, are due to Valerie and, and, and her vision. And Allison, I tell you what, there is no mentoring. There, is, there are no matches without mama because someone has to sign these children up. So thank you, Ms. Dukes, for trusting Big Brothers Big Sisters with your children Thank you for your resilience. Uh, and I could not have put it any better. What Allison said, you have Absolutely. been Absolutely. And we are here to support you and your family. So thank you for just being a part of this discussion so that everybody knows that trust uh, and relationships and humanity is what it's all about. So thank you for that. Amen. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Destiny, you wanted to share a little bit as well. I'm gonna go, then I'm going to Jeanette and Annette to talk about why these uh, beautiful ladies, Allison and Brooke, will always be your sisters and always be family. So Destiny, go ahead. Awesome. Well, um, before we um, get there, I just want to um, talk about the time that we've that um, my big sister and I have talked about race. Um, she's actually Cuban, but off her first appearance, she would look, you know, white. So. Um, she was a, a principal at the first time when I first met her and I would go out to the schools and she would introduce me as her little sister. 
And of course the students, how's she your little sister? She's black, you're white. And being that I'm a little fair skinned that she would lie and say, oh, we have the same father, just like as a joke. And the children knew she were jo she was joking, but we went along with it until I think I became, I got like 13 and she thought it was time for a serious conversation. And she had that conversation with me about race and about how to carry myself as a double minority, as a woman, a black woman um, in this industry and how I should, you know, Sometimes it was it was really tangible things like how you should speak, what type of clothing, how you should cover yourself. Because she said that as a minority, you're all you're you're kind of like an oddball, for lack of better terms. So you always want to be your best. You always want to go above. And she taught me these two these disciplines that I took with me throughout my life. I'm always wanting to excel above um, my peers because I I realized that I'm a double minority. And Betty from the beginning. And, and along with my mom, my mom did it first, but Betty also taught me about how to be a professional and carry yourself here as a double minority. Are you still in touch with uh, Betty uh, Destiny? I'm actually packing now to go see her. We've been paired for 18 years, it's October. Oh my goodness. I need to have a reunion. Now, when it's safe to do so, let me just go ahead and put it out there. No pressure, just say yes. I need a reunion in Miami when it's safe to do so, and we're gonna have a big, we do everything big in Miami. We're gonna have a big dinner. Uh, I want you all to see our headquarters here in Miami, just south of the airport. We're gonna roll it. We're gonna roll out the red carpet. So everybody just say yes at, when it's safe to do so, and we'll carry on. We'll move on with the show. Yeah. Yes. 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 Very good. You all can stay. So now speaking <laughs> of that, Jeanette, thank you for that. Uh, I mean, that's incredible. Wow. Uh, Jeanette and Annette, why will Brooke? and Allison always be family. Tell us about how you have grown as from little girls to young to women. Uh, and just it's your journey. Cause I know someone's already mentioned a few times that Jeanette, you want to, you're gonna be a first responder. And so you're gonna, so if we talk about our, our national mission is to ignite the power and promise of youth. That's the big brothers, big sisters national mission statement. But now you wanna do something when somebody ignites the wrong thing to put it out. Tell us about it. Yes. So uh, to answer your first part of the question, I mean, Allison will always be my big sister, you know what I mean? I'm not just speaking from the organization point of view. I mean, literally, you know what I mean? Like, it's like when you spend so much time with one person, it's like, you don't see yourself without them. You get what I'm saying? You know, everywhere I go, it's Allison and I, Allison and I, and I know her family. I know her mom, I know her dad, you know, I know her husband's mom and dad. I knew her before she had kids. I knew her while she got kids, you know what I mean? It's like, you can't go through those many stages with someone and not have a inseparable bond. And my love goes deeper than his organization, you know? And as you can see, we're on the phone right now. I'm 25, I aged out at 18, you know what I mean? I mean, and we're still here today, you know? And um, to go a little deeper as far as, um, me becoming a first responder. This is one of the reasons, you know, Allison was on, was one of the first people on scenes when I got in a, um, got in a car accident in 2017, February 5th, where, you know, both of our lives were almost took from us. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it was, it was, it was very scary, but she was there, her and her husband, you know what I mean? They were there for me every step of the way. And, um, to see those first responders, I'm getting a little choked up, but, you know, to see those first responders be there for me and to, to save me, you know what I mean? At with, with running against the time, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm gonna make that difference one day and I aspire to be a big, 
You know what I mean? Because someone was there for me. And I know I was there, I was in their shoes. You know what I mean? So like I said, this this uh this organization, this relationship, it definitely runs a lot deeper than than skin deep. <laughs> oh so. wow. Annette, go ahead. Thank you, Jeanette. Damn, right, now, you're well. making, now you guys are making me cry. <laughs> I tell you what, I should have called Kleenex or somebody to sponsor this podcast today, but that's all right. We'll take care of that later. My goodness. Uh, Annette, talk to us about your relationship. Well, it's, it's a lot to say, but I'm going to keep it brief. Uh, but uh, Brooke could be my big sister forever because one, I'm 25, like my sister stated, and she's still here. She's still rocking with me. Whatever I need, if she can help me, she's there. Um when I was younger, like I had a problem, like I was the darkest child. Everybody, you know, like I was bullied basically. And when Brooke came in my life, she brought light. Like she just, I'm getting choked up too. She was beautiful. Like <laughs> she let her know that she was beautiful and that, and how special she was and that her skin is what made her very beautiful. And you know, that was a lot, <clears throat> that was a lot for, for her. <clears throat> I'm gonna finish. Hold on. Okay. Um. <clears throat> uh. She like she brought light to me. Like you know what I'm saying. She told me I was beautiful. Like you know stuff like that. Um. Wow. It's just a lot. I just love this woman. So. And that probably is what, what doesn't want to carry on, but they they are, they will always be our sisters. Not only do mm -hmm. they um call Annette and Jeanette their sisters, but both Brooke and Allison call me their sisters, that to the fact that we're all just family. Allison children, we we look at her children's at her children as our nieces. And they when they see Jeanette, they run and hug her and just like fall all over her. Um Allison's oldest daughter is the funniest. And she she reminds us of, of us as we helped raise her because she was a part of our life so like Jeanette said earlier once you've had this many cycles with life there's no way that we can see our lives without them a part of our family so they will be forever a part of our family as we are a part of theirs and uh Brooke recently told me she got a big little sister and it made me happy because <laughs> yeah it um uh, like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes we had, like, I had my moments. Like, when I found that Allison was having kids, you know, I don't know. I think I went through what my older sister went through, that whole, like, wait, hold on. There's another kid coming along. You know what I mean? And it was tough for me because I felt like I was going to be forgotten, you know, because she went to doctor's appointments. You know, it was her and Chip, you know. But, you know, the fact that she sat me down and talked to me and let me know that this is just another stage in our life. And she had, she didn't have to have that conversation. I'm not her kid, you know what I mean? I'm not her sister, but she took the time out to let me know that this is another stage and we're gonna get through it. And I'm glad because I adore both of her daughters and it's just a great thing. And I wish many people can experience it, you know, honestly. Her little is just gonna be blessed. Just put it like that. And her little is gonna know us. Brooke's little is gonna know us. You know, we're going to, if she wants to play sports, we're going to teach her. We're going to, I mean, we're family. That's how it is. We stay together. So, I don't know. Sorry about that. No, no. You <laughs> it was actually, it came out of nowhere. I wasn't supposed to be emotional. It just, <laughs> I don't look right. It just came out. Gail, for me, one of the best things that I could see is the great education the girls have gotten and inspired to accomplish career-wise. And now the fact that they um want to be 
big sisters to now Brooke's new little sister is just, it goes back to the power of big brother, big sister, and just like the importance that, that kids see in this mentorship program and the value that, that we as adults see. Brooke signed up again, you know what I mean? It just shows how rewarding it is for both the big and the littles. Incredible. Brooke, and, and to add on to that, like, um, Allison, when I had let her know well, um, that I was a, a big sis again here in Kansas City, and um, Allison um, has a couple of, of daughters that she uh, was kind enough to ship me two huge boxes of clothes, gently used clothes, amazing. And I took them over to my new little and her, and she's got another um, sister as well. And they're, they were just so happy. And just, it was just, again, it's like that. It's like this, this family, this circle of giving. And so um, it, it, was, it was just something very special. Well, ladies, before I close out the show, you all are the gift that keeps on giving. Mentorship is the gift that keeps on giving, as evidenced by what you all have said today. Uh, here we are, uh, and the Tuesday uh, before uh, Christmas and in the holiday season. Tell me what you all are doing for the holidays. Let's start, Brooke, let's stay with you. We'll go with Brooke, Allison, then the girls. What are you all doing for the holidays? Well, I'm very excited and happy that I just finished my first semester. Um, I'm going back to school uh, to get my MBA. So um, I'm, I'm actually taking a little break from working from home and studying from home. And um, my boyfriend, uh, Joe, and I are going to go to Arizona um, and get some hiking in and golfing and some warm sunshine uh, just for a nice little break. So that's what we plan on doing. Wonderful. Allison, what are you doing for the holidays? So we are actually having family come visit us um, RV style to be socially distanced safe. So um, that's a new um, experience that we had earlier this summer. We, we went on a road trip, um, which was a lot of fun RV. And now we have people coming visit us. So, um, so we're spending time with family, you know, in a, in a safe way and um, people we haven't seen for a while. So it'll be nice to, to catch up in person. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Jeanette, Annette, what are you doing for the holidays? Well, I'm a vegetarian, so I found out this new vegan recipe for the holidays that I want to put together, and I'm going to make her eat it, even though she doesn't want to. I love vegan food. Like, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's new, because the last one wasn't good for her, but whatever. Wait, so breaking news. Hold on a second. Breaking news. Annette is down with the vegan food. You I, go ahead, I, really, I was scared at a point. I'm not going to lie. You know, that's like drinking diet soda or diet something, you know? So I just was kind of frightened, but I ate it. And I, you know, I just said, okay, it don't even matter to me. Whatever's in there, we eat it. it I eat both, so... So we're gonna do that and we're gonna do something small at the house. I mean, we don't have many friends. We have a few friends uh, that she had uh, from her coworkers probably come over and we're just gonna do something small at the house. We already did our vacation. We just came back from Miami. So yeah, we're just gonna keep it small. Very good. Destiny, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, what are you doing for the holiday? You said you're about to get on, a, take a trip, talk to us. Yeah, um, and then, well, we kind of celebrated the holidays early, and then Jeanette came down from Texas for my virtual graduation, so we exchanged gifts, we took Christmas photos, we did the Christmas tree thing, we had our, our holiday celebration early um, of, between my mom and my sisters and I, and since that, last week, I, I've been traveling, I've traveled twice, and now I'm going to see Betty for the holidays, and then I'll be back and spending it with my mother 
we're going to be in, in the house because we got to be safe. It's crazy here in Florida. Absolutely. Where does Betty live now? She's in St. Pete Beach. Okay, not too far away. Nope, nope. Yeah, I also want to say, I'm going to add Brooke in here too, but just to say how proud we are of Jeanette and that and Destiny, I just want to say just congratulations to them and all their hard work. They see that it is come to fruition to them. They're reaching their goals and their dreams, and I couldn't be prouder. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, ladies, it has been an absolute pleasure yes. to have each of you, family, on this Game of Life Mentoring Podcast and Community Conversation. Your love for humanity, your love for one another, uh, just, it just power, it, this is one of the best podcasts I've ever done. I mean that sincerely. I've had <laughs> athletes on, I've had actors on the show, but the bottom line today, especially during a trying 2020, this is the last podcast of 2020. So you all are closing out a very challenging year with a whole lot of love, a whole lot of family. And I can't, I tell you, we need more of that in 2021. So the best, the happiest, safest holidays for each and every one of you. And remember on the game of life, everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. If you want to get involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters here in Miami, 305-644-0066, or just hit us up right on uh, online at bbbsmiami.org. Or guess what? Follow us on social at bbbsmiami. Brooke, Allison, Mama Dukes, Jeanette, Annette, and Destiny. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me today. Happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you. For thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you.